And welcome back to the Word Encounter, episode 62. Yesterday we concluded 2 Samuel, and today we're going to start in 1 Kings. Uh, we don't know who the author of 1 Kings was. It's, it's, it's suggested that it may have been the prophet Jeremiah, but we really don't know that. As far as the time span is concerned, it goes from the golden age of uh, Israel's monarchy until the king of Judah was exiled, a period is spanning about 400 years, somewhere about that. And we see that the message is essentially similar to De- Deuteronomy insofar as um, when you are uh, in obedience with the Lord, you are blessed. When you are in disobedience, well, then what happens is judgment. And so let's move on and start in chapter 1, verse 1. Now, King David was old and advanced in age. Although they covered him with the bedclothes, he could not get warm. So his servant said to him, let us search for a young virgin for my lord, the king. Uh, She is to attend to the king and be his caregiver. She is to lie by your side so that my lord, the king, will get warm. And so they searched for uh, a virgin and they found Abishag, the Shunammite, and brought her to the king. The girl was of unsurpassed beauty. And she became the king's caregiver. She attended to him, but he was not intimate with her. And so we see that in order to keep the king warm and in good spirits, they found him a young, beautiful woman to lie next to him. Interesting. (laughs) Hey, it is what it is. In verse 5, Adonijah, the son of Haggith, kept exalting himself, saying, I will be king. Adonijah is one of David's uh, 19 sons. I believe David had 19 sons, and, uh, and Adonijah is one of them. And so, uh, you know, on the, on the uh, precipice of the king's death, he's saying, I will be king. And so he was making this claim, and uh, it says in verse 6, but his father had never once infuriated him by asking, why do you do that? In other words, David had never corrected him and saying, well, why, do you, why are you saying this? So he just let him go on to do this, and maybe that encouraged him that he, he would be the king uh, because he was uh, one of the elder ones. And it says, in addition, he was quite handsome and was born after Absalom. And so <clears throat> Absalom is dead, right? And so uh, maybe Adonijah is rightfully thinking, I will be king. I'm next in line. <clears throat> and so and it says in verse 7, he conspired with Joab, the son of Zariah, and the priest Abiathar. They supported Adonijah, but the priest Zaduk, uh, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, uh, the prophet Nathan, Shimei, Rei, and David's royal guard did not side with Adonijah. And so he had his supporters, and then he had those on the other side. <clears throat> and so Adonijah went to make sacrifices and this, that, and the other in order to initiate his, his coronation activities, I guess. And he invited all his royal brothers and all the men of Judah, the servants of the king, uh, but he did not invite the prophet Nathan, Benaiah, the royal guard, or his brother Solomon. And so he didn't invite Solomon. So he must he, he invited all his other brothers, but not Solomon. So he must have known that something wasn't right with what he was doing. In verse 11, then Nathan said to Bathsheba, Solomon's mother, you have not heard that Adonijah, son of Haggith, has become king, and our Lord David does not know it. He's essentially saying, look, this is what's going on. Maybe it's behind your back. I don't, I don't know, but you got to do something about it. And so then he starts, he says, listen to me as I advise you what to do. So he advises her, he advises her what to do and she does it. 
And it says in verse uh, 15, so Bathsheba went to the king in his bedroom. Bathsheba, uh, Bathsheba knelt low and paid, paid homage to the king. And he asked, what do you want? She replied, my Lord, you swore to your servant by the, uh, by the Lord your God, your son Solomon is to become king after me. And he is the one who is to sit on my throne. Now look, Adonijah has become king and my Lord, the king, you didn't know it. She's saying, look, this stuff has been going on behind your back, obviously, because you said Solomon would be king, but that's not what's happening. And so uh, in verse 22, it says, uh, at that moment, uh, while she was still speaking with the king, the prophet Nathan arrived. And so this was a part of Nathan's plan. He said, look, you go tell the king this, and then I'm going to come after you and, and tell him the same thing. And so that's what he did. And so then um, in verse 28, it says, King David responded by saying, Call in Bathsheba for me. So Bathsheba comes back in. Just as I swore to you by the Lord God of Israel, your son Solomon is to become king after me, and he is the one who will sit on my throne. He, will, he is the one who will sit on my throne in my place. Verse 32, King David uh, said, Call in the priests of Duke and the prophet Nathan and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada uh, for me. The king uh, said to them, Take my servants with you. Have my son Solomon ride on my own mule. And take him to the town, and take him down to Gaian. There, the priests of Duke and the prophet Nathan are to anoint him as king over Israel. You are to come up after him, and he is uh, to come in and sit on my throne. So David is telling them exactly what to do in order to rightly coronate uh, Solomon as the next king of uh, Israel. And so, you know, Benaiah says, "Amen." You know. And so that's what they did. And then in verse 40, it says, All the people went up after him playing flutes and rejoicing with such great joy that the earth split open from the sound. And so in verse 41, Adonijah and the invited guests who were with him heard the noise as they finished eating. So these towns were only about a half a, uh, half a mile apart. And Joab heard the sound of the ram's horn and said, Why is the town in such an uproar? He was still speaking when Jonathan the son of Abiathar, the priest, suddenly arrived. Adonijah said, come in, for you are an important man. You must be bringing me some good news. <laughs> Unfortunately not, Jonathan answered him. Our Lord King David has made Solomon king. And with Solomon, the king has sent the priest Zadok, the prophet Nathan, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, um, and they have, uh, they have had him ride on the king's mule. Ooh. The town has been in an uproar. That's the noise you heard. Solomon is even taken. Solomon has even taken his seat on the royal throne. And so uh, um, Jonathan is telling them, look, all of these things. He's rode on the king's mule. He's sitting on the throne. And not only that, it says in verse 47, the king's servants uh, have also gone to congratulate our Lord King David. And then it says, then the king bowed in worship on his bed, and the king went on to say this, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, today he has provided one to sit on my throne, and I am a witness. And so David is saying, look, I am a witness to the rightful one that is succeeding me, that being Solomon. So we have all of these evidences that Solomon is the legitimate successor. And in verse 49, it says, Then all of Adonijah's guests got up trembling, and went their separate ways because it's obvious 
that Solomon is the rightful king, not Adonijah. They had thrown in, you know, all their chips with Adonijah. And now they're thinking, oh my goodness, we, we could be accused of treason and executed. And so they are like booking. They are leaving, going back to where they came from. And hopefully this will all pass and they won't get caught, if you will. And it says in verse 50, Adonijah was afraid of Solomon, so he got up and went to take hold of the horns on, of the altar. And so there were horns in, in the tabernacle, uh, the altar of the tabernacle, and he was saying, I'm going to stay here, you know, <laughs> because, you know, I don't want to get killed and, 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 and whatnot. So he was afraid of Solomon. And so Solomon was told where Adonijah was, and he says in verse 52, uh, if he is a man of character, not a single hair of his will fall to the ground. But if evil is found in him, he dies. So King Solomon sent for him, and they took him down from the altar. He came and paid homage to King Solomon, and Solomon said to him, go to your home. So Solomon essentially saying, look, as long as you're cool, as long as you do right, you know, you're going to be fine. But don't screw up. Okay, Let's go on to chapter 2. It says, as, time, um, as the time approached for David to die, he ordered his son Solomon, as for me, I am going the way of all the earth. Be strong and be a man and keep your obligation to the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to keep his statutes, commands, ordinances and decrees. And so David is uh, essentially given his, 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 his last instructions to Solomon on what to do in order to be a successful king. He's, he's advising him, passing on his knowledge and wisdom to his son. But we'll find out here that David, David did not forget those things that certain individuals did to him. In verse 5, you also know what Joab, the son of Zariah, did to me and what he did to two commanders of Israel's army, Abner, son of Ner, and Amasa, son, son of Jether. He murdered them in the time of peace to avenge, to avenge bloodshed in war. So David was a righteous man. He says, look, when, their brother, when his brother got killed, that was a time of war. But when Joab got his revenge, this was a time of peace. And so, in other words, there's wartime rules and there are peacetime rules, and Joab violated it. And so it says, um, uh, it says he spilled that blood on his own uh, waistband and on the sandals of his feet. Act according to your wisdom and do not let his gray head descend to Sheol in peace. In other words, do not let him descend to hell in peace. He is not to die a peaceful death. <laughs> All right, go on to verse 8. Then David says, Keep an eye on Shimei, son of Gera, the Benjamite, who was with you. He uttered malicious curses against me uh, the, the day I left the city. And so you remember when David was leaving Jerusalem because Absalom had proclaimed himself king and was coming in, then uh, Shimei was cursing David, kicking rocks on him and this, that, and the other called him a man of bloodshed and all kind of other things. Uh, but then when David came back victorious, Shimei came in and was like being very apologetic. I'm sorry, you know, my head just got away from me, whatever. And Abishai wanted to kill him, but David said, no, 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 we're not going to do that. This is not the time for that. <clears throat> and then he says, uh, but he, Shimei, um, came down to meet me at the Jordan River, and I swore to him by the Lord I will never kill, uh, will never kill you with the sword. So don't let him go unpunished, for you are a wise man. You know how to deal with him to bring his gray head down to Sheol with blood. In other words, David is saying, look, I will never kill you with the sword. <laughs> but Solomon, you can take him out with the sword. 
And so in verse 10, then David rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. The length of time David reigned over Israel was 40 years. He reigned seven years in Hebron, 33 years in Jerusalem. Solomon sat uh, on the throne of his father, David, and his kingship was firmly, was firmly established. And then in verse 13, things get more interesting. It says, now Adonijah, son of Haggith, came to Bathsheba, Solomon's mother. And he has a request for her. And he says, you know, I have something I need to ask you. She says, okay, go ahead. And he says in verse 17, please speak to King Solomon since he won't turn you down. Let him give me uh, Abishag, the Shunammite, as a wife. And so then Bathsheba says, okay, cool. I'll go to him to do that. Now, we don't know if Bathsheba was politically uh, ignorant. She just didn't know what was going on or, or maybe she did and she did it anyway. But we'll see what the repercussions are here. So in verse 21, it says, um, she, she went to Solomon, her son, and said, uh, let Abishag the Shunammite be given to your brother uh, Adonijah as a wife. In verse 22, King Solomon answered his mother, why are you, re why are you requesting Abishag the Shunammite for, uh, for Adonijah? Since he is my elder brother, you might as well ask the kingship for him, for the priest uh, Abiathar and for Joab the son of Zariah. In other words, um, uh, Adonijah is Solomon's older brother. He's asking for Abishag, who was uh, David's King David's caretaker. You know, you could say he was his concubine, maybe even his wife, even though he wasn't intimate with her. And so Solomon's saying, look, my older brother is asking for my dad's concubine or wife or whatever. That's essentially a claim to the throne. And so Solomon's telling his mother, you know, you might as well give my kingship and my throne to these dudes because that's what you're asking me. And so... He says, may God punish me and do so severely if Adonijah has not made this request at the cost of his life. And so remember Solomon has said that if he is righteous, essentially he won't be harmed. But if he proves himself evil, then his, his blood is on his own head. And this is an evil act. In verse 25, then Solomon dispatched uh, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, who struck down Adonijah and he died. So Solomon dispatched his boy, said, go take care of him. And they took Adonijah out. And then in verse 26, it says, the king said to the priest Abiathar. So he called Abiathar into the throne room. He says, you know, go, go to your fields. Even though you deserve to die, you will not be put to death today since you carried the ark of the Lord, uh, the Lord God in the presence of my father, David, and you suffered through all that my father suffered. And so as I, in other words, he said, look, you were in this coup. You were in this revolt attempt, you know, and uh, you should die for this. But because you rode with my old man and you were good to him and you suffered like he suffered, I'm just going to exile you. I'm going to banish you. Go to your fields, but get out of my presence. And so, um, and so that's what happened. Then in verse 28, it says, The news reached Joab since he had supported Adonijah. Joab fled to the Lord's tabernacle and took hold of the, or, of the horns of the altar. So the news that Adonijah had been killed and that uh, 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 Abiathar had been dispatched, that, that had all reached Joab. So he runs to the tabernacle and grabbed the horns just like Adonijah did because he realizes that um, you know, Solomon is essentially cleaning house. Okay, And so he, he's, he's settling family business, if you will. And so 
Solomon sent uh, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, uh, to him uh, to go strike him down. So Benaiah goes to strike down Joab. Um, and so Benaiah says to Joab, come down from the altar, dude. Come on, it's time to pay up. But uh, Joab says, no, I'm not, I'm not coming. I'm not coming. I'm going to die here. And so then uh, Benaiah goes back to tell Solomon this. And Solomon says, okay, in verse 31, do just as he says, strike him down and bury him in order to remove me in order to remove from me and from my father's family the blood that Joab shed without just cause. And so in verse 34, Benaiah son of Jehoiada uh, went up, struck down Joab, and put him to death. And so he, and now Joab is, is gone. And remember, Joab was a treacherous dude. I mean, he stabbed you know, people in the, in, in the gut thinking, and them thinking that he was their friend and, and whatnot. So he, he got what he deserved, you know. And then it says in verse 35, Then the king appointed Benaiah son of Jehoiada in Joab's place over the army, and he appointed the priest Zadok in Abiathar's place. And so then we go on to uh, verse 36, and he said, The king then summoned Shimei and said to him, Build a house for yourself in Jerusalem and live there, but don't leave there and go anywhere else. On the day you do leave and cross the Kidron Valley, know for sure that you will certainly die. And so... <clears throat> And then he says, your blood will be on your own head. He says, I'm going to let you live. You can go you know, build a house there, but don't leave the, the region. It says, but then, you know, three years later, so Shimei, Shimei you know, apparently did what he was supposed to do because he agreed to it. Um, he was told that a couple of slaves had, had gone and they had gone to the kingdom of Gath. Or, <clears throat> and so Shimei, Shimei went after them. And retrieved them, and then it was reported to Solomon what Shimei did. In verse 41, it says, It was reported to Solomon uh, that Shimei had gone from Jerusalem to Gath and returned. So the king summoned Shimei and said to him, Didn't I make you swear by the Lord uh, and warn you, saying on that day, saying on the day you leave and go anywhere else, know for sure that you will certainly die? And you said to me, The sentence is fair, I will obey. Then the king uh, commanded uh, Benaiah, son of uh, Jehoiada, and he went out and struck Shimei down, and he died. And so we see here that um, uh, that Solomon has cleaned house. It reminds me of the Godfather, you know, when Michael takes over for his dad at the end uh, of the movie, and he is going out and settling family business. And so he starts waxing everybody that was an enemy of the family. And that's the way it appears to me. Maybe that's where they got the storyline from. And so with that, we will pick up in chapter three tomorrow. Bye-bye.